Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Unprecedented in scale and tactic, in the early morning hours of Saturday, October 7th, Israel was attacked by land, by sea, and by air. Rockets were launched into small towns, while Hamas gunmen stormed a heavily fortified border fence to carry out a barbaric rampage that they have referred to as Al-Aqsa Storm, a coordinated retaliation to what they claim were Israeli attacks on the Al-Aqsa Mosque and what they believe to be an ongoing siege on Gaza. The Hamas attack on Israel has once again brought to light the deep-rooted tensions that continue to plague the region. This brazen act of violence not only threatens innocent lives, but also undermines any prospects for a peaceful resolution. The consequences of such attacks extend far beyond immediate casualties or property damage. They fuel an atmosphere of fear, hatred, and mistrust between nations that have long sought coexistence. The Hamas attack on Israel is not just an isolated incident. It represents a broader challenge to regional stability. In response to these unprovoked attacks, Israel exercised its inherent right to self-defense. The Israeli Defense Forces swiftly retaliated with precision strikes targeting known militant positions in Gaza. While critics may argue about the proportionality of these actions, it is crucial to understand that no nation can tolerate constant threats to its citizens' safety. However, amidst all of the chaos, there is a question looming in the air, a question that can no longer be ignored. Was this surprise attack a surprise to Israeli officials? Or is this just another example of a corrupt government using its unsuspecting citizens as pawns in a long drawn out game of political chess. You're listening to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. Before we get started today, I do want to encourage our listeners, if you have questions or comments, or perhaps you want to share your own experiences with what you're seeing on the front lines of healthcare, you can now submit those to any of us by sending them directly to nurses at americaoutloud.com. We would love to hear from you. We encourage all of you to engage in the battle and find your voice in this fight. But until you're able to do that, we will continue to be that voice for you. Joining me today is Kevin Tuttle. He is the founder of Spirit PR. And you may recall that I had him on with me several months ago discussing the PMA structure and why this is the way forward in these times of overbearing regulations and governmental interference. Kevin majored in communications, but then felt called to serve his country in the U.S. Air Force. While serving as a public relations officer, he learned valuable lessons on community and media relations, news writing, press releases, speech writing, and other valuable tools such as media tactics. In addition to his PR work, Kevin also serves as the associate producer for our amazing friends at the Robert Scott Bell Show. 
He has been a medical freedom activist since 2016, when he noticed a shift in the media messaging about vaccination. He puts his faith in God above all things, and no amount of intimidation or coercion sways his faith or intent in finding truth. Forming many friendships with people around the globe who are standing up for their bodily autonomy and who aren't cowering to government edicts, Kevin has the connections and relationships to make things happen. He's a staunch believer in the Bible, the Nuremberg Code, the U.S. Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. He wants to encourage people to not only stand up for their beliefs, but to give their life to their creator. Kevin recently moved his family to Israel, so he has a unique perspective on this current conflict that I wanted him to share with all of our listeners. Kevin, welcome back. Thanks for joining me again. Well, thank you, Nurse Kimberly. You know, I, I find it interesting that you call yourself Nurse Kimberly. Is that is that what all nurses do? Like, should I call myself Public Relations, Kevin? Like every time you know, I talk I think to somebody, you should. Or should I? I? Think you should. Okay. You should call Public Relations, Kevin. <laughs> thank you for having me. It's an honor to be back. Absolutely, I absolutely love having you on. Um, you know, as you know, I, we we talked about in our last episode. We are. Uh, I'll, I'll call you a friend. I'll call you a very good friend, but I also call you another thing, but we're, we won't have to talk about that. <laughs> I think that's what you should call yourself. I think public relations, Kevin, will, will do from here on out. So please refer to me as such. Will do. Public relations, okay. Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so Kevin, you know, I, I talked a little bit about in the intro about the current conflict, what is happening right now in Israel, and you have this unique perspective as you just very recently moved your family there. How long have you been back in Israel? Yeah, we moved at the beginning of August. Um, you know, in, in preparing to move, it was always one of those things in your mind, if you know anything about Israel, that, you know, these skirmishes, these things just seem to happen every so often. You know, there's an uprising here or there. Um, and then it's it's dealt with, and then things kind of go back to to peace pretty quick. Um, so, you know, when this occurred, this attack on Saturday on Shabbat, um, when this happened, it was well beyond the scope of anything that I had ever um, heard about or were seen. And it's right now the death toll from that attack alone is twelve hundred, um, twelve hundred innocent people that were killed, um, Jewish people that were killed, you know, not, not necessarily only Jewish. There were many nations uh, that were abducted from U.S., Canada, Thailand, Finland. I mean, name your country. There were a bunch of, of those people who were abducted, who were murdered, who were raped, who, you know, were humiliated, were marched through the streets, were dragged through the streets in, in Gaza. So, you know, what we saw you know, come out um, that day has been completely uh, devastating as far as yeah, our hearts, you know, our hearts go out to, to everyone who's, whose family members they've lost, who, you know, and even more so family members that they don't know what's happened to them. To me, that would be worse than, than losing somebody. Um, right. So our, our hearts go out to all of them, you know, this, this has to eventually end. Um, there's, we had a prime minister in Israel a long time ago, Golda Meir, and you know she said peace will come 
when the Arabs will love their children more than they hate us. And throughout all these decades, that still rings true. Um, the other day I was listening to Dennis Prager, who's you know a conservative talk show host, very wise elderly gentleman, he's a Jewish man, lives out in LA. Um, and you know this quote is so profound and, and really rings true for me. Um, he said, what would happen if Israel laid down its arms or if the Palestinians laid down their arms? In the latter case, there would be peace within a week. In the first case, there would be genocide. You saw what would happen if the Palestinians were allowed free reign in Israel. End quote. That is so true. Yeah. Israel has been fighting for its existence since the first day that it became a nation in 1948. There was a war, the Arabs attacked. Yeah. There's been a war every few years. There's your skirmishes or, and the goal is not a, you know, a, a two tiered country, a, you know, a Palestinian, that, that is not the goal. The goal is the complete annihilation of the Jewish people. That is Iran's goal. That is Hezbollah's goal, Hamas's goal. It, it, it's the goal. And, you know, it's sickening to me to see people celebrating this like it's some sort of justice. Israel has just tried to survive for so long and everybody wants them dead. You know, it, it's really offensive to see what's happening out there in the streets at the universities um, and, and things are going to get bad. It, it's going to get worse. This isn't a skirmish. This isn't, uh, you know, historically what has happened in Israel. This is far worse. This is a, you know, the most Jews who have been killed in one day since the Holocaust. I mean, that, that's unbelievable. And, you know, history is repeating itself once again. Um, yeah, it's, it's, so it's devastating. It is devastating, Kevin. And it's so concerning to me to, to look around the country here in the United States. And like, as you, as you mentioned, we're seeing people, you know, taken to the streets and protesting um, against Israel and uh, standing with yeah. the Palestinian people, um, which I, I really cannot understand. But, you know, I think that what we're seeing you know, we have how do what do we need to do to ensure that the information that we're receiving that that the information being disseminated to the public, you know, amidst this noise of biased reporting and misinformation that we have often during times of conflict. And I mean, certainly COVID showed us the level of misinformation and that media can't necessarily be trusted, I think, maybe to a lesser degree, or maybe we just didn't recognize it as much. We saw the mm -hmm. same during 9-11. Um, you know, how, what do we do to ensure that the information that is getting out to the public is true and accurate and not just propaganda? That is a fantastic question. And, you know, being in, being public relations, Kevin, I should have this answer for you, you but you it is, <laughs> it is really difficult, especially in a time of war when there is propaganda on both sides. There's, you know, there's videos coming out of Mahamas terrorists saying, oh, no, these this family here that we have, nothing's, no harm will come to you. You know, there's all that kind of stuff that gets disseminated. So then everyone's up in arms and saying that, how could the Jews in Israel kill these people? You know, these are poor, innocent people and they're looking out for the women and children. You know, so there's propaganda on both sides. Um, you know, the fact that this was, you know, quote unquote, a surprise attack. I'm not buying that. 
This was not a surprise attack. This was definitely something that the government allowed to happen. And, you know, I was actually down in by the Gaza border two weeks ago, having lunch with army soldiers down there. Um, Mm -hmm. My parents actually have been helping um, the Israeli troops for since like 2011 in providing things for them that they need, like socks, like boots, like gloves, these types of things. My parents do some fundraising. They donate all the 100% of the funds that come in, go to purchase these things for army units. And the Golani unit down in the south um, invited us to have lunch there. So I had lunch with all these troops, um, the commander down there and stuff. It was, you know, it was such a warm, uh, respectful time. You know, these people are, are, they know that every day they might lose their lives because of, you know, the rockets always coming in from Gaza and, and the skirmishes here and there. Um, but it was a really beautiful time together. And we got a message from the commander saying, you know, he's, he's lost nearly 40 of his troops. And I don't know which troops are, are no longer there. Um, you know, the ones that I had lunch with are some of them dead possibly, you know, but so it, it really affects me personally because, you know, I was in the Air Force. I, I was in Afghanistan. I, I understand how you can, you know, want to want to do your job, want to protect your country. You know, I volunteered to go to Afghanistan because I felt, you know, I am proud to be an American. But I always thought, why am I proud? Because I was just born and, you know, or I am an American. I was actually born in Germany. Um, <laughs> but you know, I was born to a, a father who's in the Air Force, so yeah, I'm an American. Yeah. But um, traveled, yeah. Um, but I wanted to do more than than just say, "Yeah, I'm an American. I'm proud to be an American." I wanted to contribute, um, so that's why I joined the Air Force, and that's why I volunteered to go to Afghanistan. So I'm like, if if we're fighting, then you know, I don't want to stay home. Send me too. I want to be part of this. Um, so. Yeah, it, it's just been really disheartening to see what's happening to the troops. But then on the other hand, to see that over 360,000 reservists have been called up and this country has united in a big way, um, that's been beautiful to see. Right. But this surprise attack nonsense, there's no way. You know, the, At the border there, they have this balloon that flies above the, uh, the barrier, the border wall. I mean, they have a very, very and heavily fortified border the, fence there, don't they? The fence is, yeah, it's state of the art. Like if an animal touches the fence, they know it. That balloon has tons of cameras on it. There's no way that they couldn't see a bulldozer coming at the fence. Right. There's no way. And for them to say, oh, this was a surprise attack, it's such nonsense. And it's so um, aggravating to know that they allow their citizens to be slaughtered. And it reminds me so much, like it's the playbook of 9-11 all over again. You know, you have a country divided as Israel was because of the recent judicial reform arguments. So the country hated each other. Um, and then a, you know, a surprise attack occurs and now the country is united, which we're seeing, you know, there's no more division about the judicial reform. Everybody's on board to protect this country, to protect their loved ones. There's, you know, just the, the similarities are just strikingly unbelievable. 
And ultimately, what's going to happen is a loss of additional freedoms, you know, just like we had the Patriot Act, where the U.S. can now spy on its own citizens. There will be something here as well, you know, if it's ushering in the the digital ID or whatever else that they have planned. But, you know, I, I have no doubt that our our liberties are going to be affected by this and there won't be going back to, you know, the time before this attack. So those measures that were in place before the attack are are gone. Now, the new measures take place. We'll always have to show ID. We'll always have to, whatever it is, will be the new norm. Um, just like taking off your shoes in the airport was the new norm. We're still doing it to this day. Um, so it's that kind of stuff I know is coming down the pike. And man, I just, everything is just really frustrating to me. But the biggest thing that's of the most frustration and the most anger is that Israel just wants to survive. It just wants peace. And what do you do when somebody keeps attacking you? What do you do? You just keep allowing that to happen, keep allowing your people to be murdered. But I do want to get back to your question of who can you trust in this? Well, we know that you can't trust mainstream media. No. So if it's on TV, just forget about it. Unless it's, you know, some of the uh, the TV that's been deplatformed on many channels or many uh, services. But um, yeah, it, it's hard to disseminate what is real, what's fake, what's propaganda. Um, you know, there are news organizations, I know reporters here um, specifically who are, are doing good work. They have uh, what appears to me, as far as I can tell, um, actual truthful information like frontline news. So if you go to you know frontlinenews.com, that's a, an Israeli uh, online newspaper. Seems like very credible journalism. So that's one of the sources. And then you, know, you can find actual people who are are in country. You can, there's groups on WhatsApp, on Telegram, on, I'm sure on Facebook. I'm not on Facebook, but all those social medias. Um, so, but you got to be careful. You know, there's so much anti-Semitism right now that's running around. I've seen posts by. Uh, news organizations in the in the alternative media that I work with, and posts that are just horrific by these people, you know, saying, "Well, the Jew, the uh, Jesus killers deserve what they're getting right now." The, you know, all this kind of Nazi esque rhetoric that is is being spewed by by people who who somehow can't fathom that a terrorist organization would be lying to them. You know, these, these are, that's like believing ISIS. If you believe Hamas, you believe ISIS. You believe the Taliban. I, when I was in Afghanistan, I was, you know, an information operations officer there. And which meant that we dealt with the local populace. Um, you know, we would win the hearts and minds is what it was called. So we had campaigns where we would interact with the locals. You know, I, I had a bunch of, uh, soccer balls and shoes and all sorts of stuff sent to me from the States where I gave those out to children in Afghanistan. It was such a, a beautiful time, actually. I, that was my favorite day was when I got to do that um, because these kids are innocent, no matter if they're the Taliban's kids or whatever. And to give them a soccer ball that they've, they've never even seen a soccer ball, man, it's just, it still brings tears to my eyes to see that.
but you know we had to deal with um, propaganda there all the time and sometimes we'd be in a convoy and you got hit with a, a suicide bomber you know a suicide vehicle and he would crash into one of our humvees and you know that happened one day i was not on the convoy but it happened to our our team and the Taliban put out a message that they killed 16 U.S. troops with that suicide bomber. The only thing that happened was one of the gunners in one of the Humvees lost her tooth because she slammed forward into the into the gun and her tooth broke out. That was our casualty. But CNN and everybody else starts calling me saying, you know, Taliban saying 16 troops died. Can you get those names? I'm like... You guys, why are you believing anything the Taliban says? This right. is the same thing. It's the same same playbook with Hamas. It's it's all the same cyclical type of strategy, and yeah, it's just so much worse right now with the coordination of so many countries involved in in this war. Now, now and what role, if any, do you believe that our government, the United States government? may have in this. It, I was interested in the timing of the Biden administration uh, giving, was it $6 billion to yeah. Iran? Was it the day before? I believe so. Oh, yeah. Gosh, yeah. wait a while and make it, you know, like, so it's not so obvious. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, the U.S. has started more wars than than any other country. We start wars all the time, you know, always for our always for your safety, right? And, and that's what's happening here too. Everything's for your safety. And that was the motto in Nazi Germany too. It's the same thing. And the US is now funding both sides of this war. They send $6 billion to Iran. We get attacked here in Israel and the US sends its weapons and money and you know armada and whatever else is coming here. It, to me, I, I hate war. I don't like any of this. And you know, it, and I will say, I, I, I'm I at a loss of words. I, agree. I, 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 don't, I don't even think, know how to. You know, I don't, I don't think anyone loves war. I, you know, I, I'm certainly, I think war is a big uh, moneymaker. It's a big, the people, the profits uh, from war is definitely one of the driving forces. I, I am not, I would not say I'm a pacifist and that, you know, I believe in a strong military response. Um, but there's, there's no denying that war is big business. For sure, for yeah, sure. I mean, look at, no you know, denying. stocks are rising now and the oil, it, it's <laughs> it's almost humorous. I mean, it's almost predictable that, that this is all going to occur and there's going to be a lot of people who make a lot of money coming up on this war. And, you know, if 100,000 or a million people here die and they get rich, they don't care. You know, they got it good. So it, it's a lack of, of a relationship with God is what I believe it is. Yeah. If you have a, a true relationship with God, there is no way that you can do what, what Hamas did. There is no way that you can do that. You can't take kids and innocent women and do the things that they did to them. As you film it and as you're, you're celebrating it, you have... You're not even a human. It's very animalistic, and even animals don't don't go to that level. You know, an animal will kill another animal and he'll eat it. But it, you know, it's not it's not this barbaric. 
And right now what's happening is barbaric. And, you know, I, people will say, well, what about Israel shutting off the power to Gaza and the water and they're torturing people there? How else are you going to get rid of this snake that's there? You have to cut the head off the snake. And until those people of Gaza rise up and get rid of Hamas in their area, I, I don't know of another answer that's suitable. And, and again, I feel terrible that innocent lives are being lost here. I don't like that. But this has to end. You know, are my kids going to have to deal with a war again coming up? Are their kids going to have to deal with this coming up? There's always somebody who wants to annihilate the Jews. And I think enough is enough. Absolutely. I agree with you. And we're going to talk about that when we come back from break. We'll delve into possibly what can we do as a society to begin to move forward. America Out Loud Talk Radio plays on the iHeartRadio network. You can also listen on our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best in-class apps available on Apple, Android, or Alexa 24-7. Great talk radio. All of our shows go to podcast the following day. You can hear them on apps such as Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart Podcasts, and many more. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show on Apple Podcasts for me. Don't forget to check out our online store at americaoutloud.shop where you can find all of the products that we represent on our network at a discounted rate, including ASEA Redox, which I can personally speak to seeing fantastic results with, including better sleep, increased energy, improved mood, and a decrease in my joint pain. Use promo code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your purchase. I'll catch you on the other side of this break. Stay with us. It's time and this is This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced. These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation 
We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back to Nurses Out Loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton. Wherever you're listening from today and whatever you're doing, I thank you for giving me the gift of your time. Be sure to make AmericaOutloud.news your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so we can help secure America's future. If you're just joining us, I have been talking with the founder of Spirit PR and my very good friend, Kevin Tuttle. Kevin, thanks again for being here. Thanks again for having me. It's, it's public relations, Kevin. Oh, I am so sorry. Public relations, Kevin. Thank you so much <laughs> for being here. You can see why I absolutely adore this man, right? I mean, you can see why I just am so sad, Kevin. I, I will say, I'm going to tell my listeners how sad. Now, you may want to share with them um, how, how sad I was to see you go. Well, you, <laughs> I think I got a text every hour or so. Hey, do you have to go? Why don't you stay? I don't think you should go. You need to stay. Well, I will <laughs> say, Kevin, like I, I just kept telling Kevin, you know, I was, I was trying to strike a balance, right, between, you know, being a supportive friend, because, you know, I absolutely adore Kevin, and he's such an amazing friend to me. And I want to be supportive, because he's telling me that he feels that the Lord has called him there. How can you, you know, you don't hang up the phone on God. I, I will say that. I've learned that through my experience in my time. So I'm trying to strike that balance of being a supportive friend, you know, to Kevin and, and wanting what's best for him and for his family. And then just my own selfish reasons. Of course, I just don't want him to leave. And I kept saying I had this, I just had a really bad feeling that something bad was going to happen. Now, I'm not trying to say I'm like a prophet or anything. I'm just saying I had a feeling. You you did say that. I will admit that. Yeah. You said I, that a lot, but I said that you a lot. say that all the time. Like, oh my God. You know, when we're at events, like, hey, do you want to go get some breakfast or, oh, no, I have a really bad feeling about breakfast. I'm not going to do it. You know? <laughs> You're such a liar. You're such a liar. <laughs> But I did, I did, I don't know what it was. I can't explain it, but I just had this feeling and I, I, I pretty much, I've all but begged, I may have begged him not to go, but as we can see, um, he's in Israel, so he didn't listen. (laughs) No, you know, just, just so your listeners understand why we're here. It's my parents have lived here since 1996 and I've been over here many times, um, 17 times last summer was my 17th time actually and the first 16 times that i came to visit my parents i hated god Uh, i had gone through some childhood trauma that that really affected my life and it was something that my parents knew nothing about and um you know it took a lot of a lot of healing a lot of therapy and stuff to get over this um but i hadn't started that therapy or anything until um about three and a half years ago now but in any case i hated god 
And when I'd come to Israel, you know, I could, I could see the beauty here. I mean, you have the Mediterranean Sea, you have the Sea of Galilee, you have the mountains that are beautiful, you have the history, which I could appreciate too. You know, I, seeing that stuff is really neat. Um, but it didn't touch me overall. It's like, oh, man, I just got to get back to the States. Well, last summer when I came, um, it was the first time I'd been here since I'd given my life to God and repented and, and said, you know, whatever it is that you want me to do, I will do. And being here was just a, a night and day experience from any other time. And, you know, the previous visits, the traffic here would drive me nuts. You know, I lived in Madison, Wisconsin, where, you know, you might have a little bit of a rush hour traffic, but it's not anything. It's no big deal. We have no traffic. Okay. Yeah. Um but being here, there's traffic, there's everybody yells, there's constant yelling. Like, that's just how people talk to each other. You notice it at lunch, you know, people are sitting at the table and they're just having a normal conversation where they're yelling. Um, so I'm not a fan of the yelling. So it, uh, it really bothered me. Uh, and, and just various aspects of the culture was just super annoying to me. And but then last summer, all of that kind of vanished. And I'm like, I don't care about any of it. There's something about the land of Israel that is calling me so deeply. And, you know, I have Jewish roots. My mom, her mother was in, my mom's from Germany. Her mother was in the Holocaust and hid it from the family. And my mom didn't know that, you know, she had Jewish roots until I was 18 years old. Um, so she, you know, it was a surprise to my mom after she heard somebody speaking Yiddish. And it occurred to her at that moment, she had like a flashback of her grandmother singing to her in Yiddish. And so she she contacted her mother in Germany and said, why am I remembering this? Like, why would she be singing to me in Yiddish? Are, are we Jewish? And that was the first time since the war that my grandmother admitted it. Um, so, you know, I had known that on all my previous trips over here too. And I really did love Israel, but it didn't touch me. But having that direct relationship with God that I, I now have um, and being here last summer was a completely night and day experience, and I didn't want to go home. And then when I got back to the States, this this isn't for me anymore. I, I can't be here. I can't I can't deal with the uh, the gender confusion. You know, what's so beautiful about being here in Israel is I can tell who's a man and who's a woman. I can tell I don't everyone has real hair color. The pink and purple and blue hair nonsense, it's it's not here. Thank God. Not yet, at least. Um, yet. I'm sure it's in Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv is like the, I don't know, the burning man of Israel. Um, but uh, other than Tel Aviv, um, you know, you don't see that kind of stuff here. And it seems more wholesome, more family oriented. And yeah. I really love it here. And despite the war, despite everything that's happening, and I've had friends, my phone is just blowing up with people people uh, in the States, you know, my friends and loved ones, they are just reaching out saying, you know, are you going to come back to the States now? You know, you got to get out of there. And all I, all I can think is like, there, no, there is no way I am leaving this country. I made a vow to God that I will do whatever it is that he wants. And I know for 100% assurity that he called us here and I will not turn my back on him. I don't care what risk there is. You know, we all have a limited time on this earth. And if something is to happen to us, you know, God forbid, I, I, I love life. I want to continue living. 
But if something happens, then we get to be with the creator sooner than later. And to me, that's a, a comfort um, a, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, you know, my wife and I were, were reading in the Old Testament recently um, in Isaiah 41.10. It says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And that verse just means so much to us because yeah. it's why we're here and why we don't have to fear. And we're told over and over and uh, I think it was like 365 times, something like that in the Bible to not fear. Not fear. Um, so that's my, that's my motto. No fear. And, you know, I try to, I try to have that in the back of my mind always. But so you guys, you can see how difficult it is to argue with this. <laughs> Um, he's, he's not coming back. I've tried even up to, uh, today and the recording of this episode, uh, I was asking him to come back. I'm like, so as soon as it's safe to do so, will you be returning home? And, and this is the, the answer that I got. So it's really difficult to argue with what you're saying when you're, and I, 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 I admire you for that greatly. Well, I'm not doing it for admiration. I'm doing it for my relationship with God, and um, but I appreciate that. You know, I think I think faith is something that, unless you're tested, how are you going to solidify it? How are you going to make sure that you get stronger in it? If our lives are easy, and you know, God is not really a part of our life in one way or another because we have everything that we need and want, I, I'd have to argue that your faith isn't that strong. Um, so I feel like, you know what, he's, he's really uh, building me up right now because ever since I moved here, it, it has been so difficult. Every day is difficult, whether it's going to the grocery store. And one thing that is so annoying here is that they spray fragrance in almost every store. And my wife has cancer. Um, and so I need to find her organic food. Um, she's she's pretty weak, um, so she stays at home most of the time. And I go out to find food. You know, just there's a small organic farm that that we go to, which is great. There's no fragrance anywhere, but every grocery store has a little organic section, and every grocery store sprays a ton of fragrance around. So that fragrance then gets on the potatoes and the leeks and the squash, and you bring that stuff home, and you got perfume all over your house and it drives me nuts. And, you know, if you go into a clothing store or anything else, it's even worse. I mean, they, right. the fragrance issue is it's such a toxin and it's an endocrine disruptor. Um, it, it's terrible for you. It's going to cause a lot of cancer. Um, and these people, they don't even recognize that there is a smell there. You know, I've complained at the grocery store. I'm like, how am I supposed to buy this organic food when you keep spraying the perfume in here? And they're like, we don't spray anything. I'm like, you're out of your mind. <laughs> it's like, I can smell it down the street. Um, so it, it's really, that's a super aggravating thing. And so all I can say, it's been really difficult, but I am so proud to be here. And, you know, I don't know exactly what it is that will be accomplished by my presence here or my kids' presence here, but I'm obeying. So that's that's where we stand. Right, exactly. And that's, that's the thing is, you know, sometimes we don't, really understand you know why we're being called to do certain things but we we have to be obedient to that and and you're right you know things 
things get difficult and our faith is being tested. I can remember when I first, you know, felt called to start Nurse Freedom Network. And then I, I didn't imagine that it was going to call for me to, you know, I had been exempted from the mandates, but it was, God mm-hmm. was calling me to leave the system, leave my job, give up my financial security, things that I would never have imagined doing prior to this. You know, I don't make rash decisions like that. I'm, I'm just, that's, that's not my way. You know, I'm very, um, I, I'm, I'm not that way. I don't make rash decisions, especially when it came to my finances. Um, yeah, you're very analytical. That's the word. Thank you. Menopause, mm-hmm. you know, takes my words sometimes. <laughs> and I appreciate you. <laughs> um, but yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I couldn't believe menopause it. hurts me when I'm near you too. Exactly. I get slapped and stuff sometimes. So. You do. <laughs> and that's why he moved to Israel. I'm telling you, I was just hitting him far too much. <laughs> But, you know, it's, but it's, it's so true, Kevin, it's, you know, and it's so rewarding for you too, right? It's so, I know you love what you do. Yeah, I do. I've never been so fulfilled. Like I haven't, you know, you know, the money has been an issue. Certainly Um, my security is, is out the window. And from one day to the next, I don't know, you know, what is going the future, what the future is going to hold for me. But I know that God's provisions have carried me through to this point. I should not still be here standing, but here I stand. And, mm-hmm. um, and I will continue. I will continue on. I have never been so fulfilled in my entire life than walking in my calling. Yeah. Fearless. I love that about you. I admire that so much about you. It was the first thing when you and I first talked a couple years ago. That's shown through right away. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm so proud of what you're doing. Thank you, Kevin. Um, you, you've been such an amazing friend um, and supporter of the work that we do at Nurse Freedom Network and at Remnant Nursing. So, you know, we we are certainly grateful for you. And uh, that's why we, we miss you terribly. But we are um, certainly <laughs> happy for you and uh, for your family that you are uh, starting and beginning this new life in Israel. And uh, we know that it will be blessed. And of course, we continue to pray for Bonnie's healing as she goes. Thank you. Yeah, it's, you know, the stores here have been a challenge. Um, I I have, you know, besides the perfume, there's a store that just blew my mind because I I didn't even know what to do other than than squint at this person. Um, You know, sometimes somebody does something so crazy, just you squint. Like, I feel you don't like have I've any words. You, I, I feel like I've seen you like look at me that way. <laughs> I, I definitely have. <laughs> Many times. <laughs> no, so we go into the store. I'm taking my kids because they need bus passes so they can get to school. And the person in the bus pass store is supposed to help you. Well, we walk in and she says, no, you leave. I need to have a snack. Oh, no. And I said, what? And I just looked at her. She says, Five minutes, you leave. I need to eat. And I said, how about you don't eat and you help us and then you eat? (laughs) And she got so mad. She's like, you get out. Five minutes. So there was a glass door and I stood on the outside of that glass door and just stared at her at her desk while she tried to eat. And that made her really uncomfortable. So she went to the back and then five minutes later, she came out and pretended not to speak English. And it was this whole thing. And I almost got to the point where I was so motivated to just start a like a telegram channel of the worst customer service. That's what I would call it, the worst customer service. And then all these people, they deserve, deserve to have their stories put on 
the worst customer service and have their images put on and the description of why they are a horrible customer service person. Um, just because it is so aggravating and frustrating that I got to find some humor in it somehow. And well, but you know who I would add to that list? Who? Bob from Expedia. <laughs> Bob from Expedia. I think that was his name. I don't know. I spoke with Bob from Expedia and he was awful. <laughs> I will just say that. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other story. We won't get into that. But um, yeah, he, he's on that <laughs> well, list for sure. Yeah, I think it's that it's there's a socialist communist mindset because there's so many immigrants from Russia and Eastern Europe where, you know, that was they grew up with communism. So it didn't matter what their customer service was like. Um, it was just really, you know, you got paid the same whether you were a good worker or not. And, like and I think that mentality is, worker. It is exactly like being a government worker. And I used to be a government worker at USDA. And uh, yeah, I can say, you know, I, I didn't love my job either. So, right, exactly. But you know, it's really, do you just, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you have to, you have no choice. You just have no choice. But um, to, when you're utilizing these government services, like the United States Postal Service, you know, if you will, um, there's really no recourse. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to screw you every time and there's no recourse for you. And that's unfortunate. It really is. I won't get into the post office discussion in Israel, but that's that's a whole other thing. Really? I mean, so we I think we have a letter from you or a postcard. <laughs> you know, for me to send you anything, I got to make an appointment at the post office. Even if I want to get a stamp, I have to make an appointment. Oh, my goodness. And most of the time you can't. The appointment's not that same day. You have to wait a day or two. To, I'm like, are you kidding me? Why can't I just come to the post office? Now you got me into talking about the post office when I said I didn't want to get into it. And now, <laughs> and now public relations, Kevin's getting upset. Sorry, so. public relations, Kevin. Well, let's <laughs> let's see if we how we can improve the systems in Israel using your public relations expertise. How might we improve the communication in Israel? Because I expect, I, now I fully expect a postcard from Israel. <laughs> I, I know that there's a war going on and I know you have to make an appointment, but I feel, you know, very uh, strong in, in our friendship that I will be receiving a postcard. I am confident of that. All right. I'll get you a postcard. I knew it. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Maybe even an actual whole oh. card. I'm so you know, sorry. one that you have to like open with up. two sides? Okay, great. Yes. Like open, yeah. you can fold it. That's yeah. amazing. I am so spoiled. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> and thank you, public relations, Kevin. My pleasure. But how can we improve things? I think yeah. the mentality here, when I've, I've complained about this to so many people, is that's just how it is. That's Israel. That's how it is. That mentality is what needs to change. That it doesn't familiar, have to be like it? that. Yeah, like the way that we accept the healthcare system here in, in the U.S. Exactly. That's and we keep trusting our doctor and trust authorities. And that's just how it is. That's what we have to do. These people know best. They're the they're the customer service cashier. They know what's best for me. You know, <laughs> they don't need to smile or say hi or, 
you know. Right. And that doesn't happen anymore. I noticed that yesterday when I went grocery shopping. I was like, I may as well I may as well have gone to the automated, you know, self checkout because I probably would have got more interaction from the computer than I did with the actual cashier. I was like, wow, they don't even look at you anymore. They don't greet you. They don't do anything. At least the computer says, Thank you for shopping and have a nice day. I mean you know, cashier probably had blue hair. I think the blue hair guy has, <laughs> has seeped into people's brains and their prefrontal cortex and they can't they can't deal with anything anymore. They don't even know what's truth and and reality. That could be. But, you know, it's speaking going back to the speaking of the healthcare system. What is the healthcare system like in Israel? What is the like the covid, uh, you know, kind of response and things like that? What is it like over there? Is it similar to here? Uh. That's hard to say for me because I've, I've only been here for eight weeks. We haven't um, really experienced, um, you know, any COVID measures. You know, there's no masks here or anything like that, um, except for the the one crazy lunatic you'll see every now and then. Um, but for the most part, the, the healthcare system is a socialist type of, you know, everyone gets healthcare. Um, it's paid for by the government, you know, there's subsidized and all that. So... But from what I understand, it, it works pretty well. And I did have to take my daughter recently to the hospital because she went, there's a, a place, we live near the beach, and there's a rock jumping place um, where she was jumping off the rocks into the beach. And um, there's some rocks at the bottom. Anyway, she cut her knee. And a few days later, she got a pretty bad infection in that knee. And so we just took her to the hospital just to to make sure that, you know, it's not worse than we think. And and we didn't actually use the antibiotics that they prescribed us at the hospital, by the way. We used Alamed. And I highly, highly, highly recommend this to all of you who are listening. Get Alamed. It's a garlic liquid. You can also get it in a, a powder, in a pill form. Um, but I recommend the liquid. For any infection that you have, it will kill it. I had MRSA years ago. I used no antibiotics were helping me. I, I was on Alamed for 24 hours and almost all of my, my symptoms were gone. Um, so the stuff is very potent. Um, it's, it's fantastic. There are no side effects other than you're going to have some pretty bad breath. Um, cause it's, it's a really potent <laughs> well, garlic. Depends on who you ask. I mean, so. if it's an Italian, you may, you may <laughs> like that sort of thing. So it's, it's all good. You'll, 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 you'll smell tasty. <clears throat> yeah. But you know, that hospital visit was actually very pleasant. People were, you know, friendly and you know they cared for my daughter right away and then we had this nurse who you know she was so baffled that we moved to Israel and she's like I can't why would you do that you moved here from America like <laughs> and but she was the sweetest nurse and you know she I told her about my wife having cancer and stuff and she's like please give your wife my number. Let's keep in touch. Let me know if there's anything you need. And, and now this nurse is a friend of ours. She comes over to the house. And so it was, it was, you know, the, all the bad customer service type things I've had, it was night and day in going to this hospital. So there oh. are good things here and well, there are really good this, people. Kevin, there. I hope that you're telling your new nurse friend all about what we're doing at Remnant Nursing and letting her know that um, our PMA is worldwide. So we can have nurses in Israel. We can have nurses from all around the globe. So please, you know, we and we want wonderful nurses like that. So please do pass on uh, our information. I would I will absolutely do that. Thank you yeah. for reminding me about that. I forgot that you're you're global. Yes, we are global. We are global. We I have. You were North American. 
but no, man, you, you've gone global. big time global. All right? Yes, absolutely. We have, you know, nurses and clients worldwide now, and we're, we're really excited to be able to extend our services. So yeah, if you're listening, don't think that we're just, you know, in, in providing services here in America. If you are listening, I know we have big followings in like Australia and New Zealand and on the UK. If you're listening and you're in need of services, please reach out to us at remnantnursing.org. If you're a nurse or a healthcare worker and you, you know that there's a better way, then certainly please reach out to us again. You can email us at info at nursefreedomnetwork.org and we would be happy to tell you how you can become a part of what we're building and creating with Remnant Nursing. Beautiful. Yes, I would definitely pass that on. Thank you. How was that public relations, Kevin? Was that a good little spiel? You read it exactly how I wrote it for you. So good oh job. Oh my goodness. No, that came right out of <laughs> out of my menopausal brain. Okay. Didn't even have to read. I'm very proud of the fact that I didn't have to read it. No, that was actually all authentic. So I, I'm really impressed. You're doing a great job on your public relations abilities. And well, you know, we have this is what happens. You have to become, you know. When you start these types of things and you have to leave your career behind and all of your money, you have to learn how to be public relations. You have to learn how to be a marketing guru, um, a graphic designer, all of all of the things. Yeah, right? you make really good banners and stuff, too. Yeah, the, the flyers. Oh, you, yes, you've always loved my banners. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I, I had a like literally I'm all I'm self-taught. I never I've never had any type of training. It's it's all from. Uh, just having no choice but to create your own graphics and wanting to make things that um, are going to be able to catch the attention um, of of our uh, of our audience. So these are the things that we we have to learn how to do. Absolutely, and you know I don't know how much time we have left, but I did just want to mention briefly if you are looking for representation, um, please go to spiritpr.net. Uh, there's a contact us page there, or if you want to email me directly, it's kevin.tuttle, T-U-T-T-L-E, at spiritpr.net, and I'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. And we will include all of those links in the show notes for you uh, so you can connect with Kevin. And, and you know, if if anybody knows me or has listened to me before, if you listened to my last episode that I did with Kevin, you know that I um, very highly recommend him and his services. He's, he's actually incredible. I give him a hard time, but he's amazing. Um, and uh, he does have a gift. I tell him all the time he has a gift of connecting people. This man had me. Thank you. You're welcome. He had me on a like booking a flight and on a plane to Wisconsin within, I don't know, 15 minutes of us talking. Yeah, it was something like that. I almost dropped the phone when you said, yeah, you come. Like, what? (laughs) We just met. (laughs) (laughs) We just met. And 15 minutes later, I was like, I'm coming to Wisconsin. And and of course, I was to speak at um, the rally for uh, Grace Shara, who uh, sadly lost her life. you know, hospital protocols there in Appleton, Wisconsin. Um, yeah, you had a you had a 10 minute slot where you took 20 minutes. I remember that pretty well. I remember that well. Listen, <laughs> well, that'll teach you to go home and give me 10 minutes. You know, I'm long winded. <laughs> I thought I saw I thought I saw a tear in your eye, though, when I was giving my speech. You did. It was a beautiful speech. And it no, in all seriousness, it really was a beautiful speech and powerful and your story is is really inspirational, and so many people um, benefit from from hearing that and to get uh, motivated to have a, a hero, so to speak. And and I really do view you as that. You know, there's there were so few nurses 
who stood out and up against this, you know, tyranny that was coming down. And, you know, for you not to, to even um, consider offering the COVID shot to children when this shot was so brand new and no testing and stuff, yet everybody else was doing it. You could have easily gone along with it to keep your job, but, but you love humanity and you love people and, and, and children, especially, um, there's no way you could do that. And that's, you know, when you told me your story the first time, that's, I had a huge amount of respect for you. Um, and I still do, despite knowing you really well now. So. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you. Kevin. <laughs> thank you. And, you know, I don't, I appreciate your sentiment. I certainly don't consider myself a hero of any kind. I just consider myself just trying to do what's right. You know, and we stand, we stand with, with truth on our side. We stand in a righteous truth and, and you know, that, that's it. It's really about doing the right thing for humanity. And to me, that's a question. It wasn't an easy choice to make, but it was a clear one from the very beginning. Yeah, you would think, you think it actually would be clear for everybody, but yeah, you know, people will always put money in front of doing what's right. Unfortunately. Very sad like our governments. Exactly. Well, we're running out of time, Kevin, but as always, it is great to have you back here with me. I'm going to have to have you back again. I definitely want to uh, keep up to date on what's happening out there and um, know that we are all praying for you and your family, for your safety. Please come home. That's my plea. I'm putting it out there to the universe. Please come home. <laughs> Um, I, I feel like I'm never going to stop asking. Um, but again, I, I do support you. I am home. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, please keep Kevin and his beautiful family in your prayers. Thank you, Kimberly. You're welcome. And that's all the time that we have for today, friends. But remember, we are here on the air five days a week, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern with a different nurse host daily. You can also catch the encore at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please be sure to tune in and listen to myself and my amazing sister nurses. As we walk you through all of these hot topics, we will empower you with information and education. We will advocate and we will stand in the gap for you because we are nurses and this is what we do. I'm your host, Nurse Kimberly Overton, and you can find me here every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. Until next time, be safe, be well, and God bless. Tune in tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern as I hand off the baton to Nurse Michelle. We are in a war for truth. We are putting out a bounty on the real misinformation and exposing the purveyors of propaganda. No topic is off limits as we shine our lights and expose the darkness. It's time